Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, January 10th, 2019. Uh, I want, first of all, to thank everybody for the kind uh, birthday wishes and also to remind everybody there will be a members vid chat tomorrow, Friday, January 11th at 2 p.m. As usual, I'll be in the uh, chat room early. We've already had some questions and comments submitted. <coughs> so email those questions and comments. Make sure you show up tomorrow. And uh, again, thank you to all of, of you for the happy birthday wishes and donations and everything that uh, some of you have very kindly sent in. Um, the Nefarium <laughs> is busy uh, trying to keep the Nefarium together, <laughs> especially especially in Europe. I mean, I, folks, we're watching a, a real circus over there. Uh, if you've been following the internet news, of course, there's there's almost a complete blackout of news coming from Europe on the lamestream corporate-controlled media in America. I can't speak about Canada, Britain, uh, Australia, and so on, but <laughs> but it's getting it's getting to the point of being almost comical if it were not so serious. So I've linked a bunch of articles uh, on the YouTube feed um, and also on the website for this broadcast uh, from the Daily Mail from Russia Today, and um, a, a, an article by Mark Leonard that I'll be spending some time with. So what we're watching really, in my opinion, is the crack up between France and Germany, which of course are the driving engines of the EU. Uh, they're the two largest European economies. Uh, of course, they're both, uh, in, especially in France's case, uh, significant military powers. The German military has been allowed to kind of fall into desuetude by the, the Merkel government. But you're watching the crack up. And let's start with the Yellow Vest, Yellow Vest protest. This is a story that ran in the UK's Daily Mail yesterday, January 9th. And I'm just going to read the first few paragraphs of this article because it's a stunner. Quote, activists from a French protest movement encouraged supporters Wednesday to set off a bank run by emptying their accounts, while the government urged citizens to express their discontent in a national debate instead of weekly demonstrations disrupting the streets of Paris. Activists from the Yellow Vest movement, which started with protests over fuel tax increases, recommended the massive cash withdrawals on social media. One protester, Maxime Nicole, called it the tax collector's referendum. We're going to get our bread back. You're making money with our dough and we're fed up, Nicole said in a video message. Activists from the Yellow Vest movement, which started with protests over fuel tax increases, encouraged protesters to set off a bank run by emptying their accounts. The movement's adherents said they hoped the banking action will force the French government to heed their demands, especially giving citizens the right to propose and vote on new laws. Now, bank run, just stop and think about that, folks. You've got a wobbly banking system. 
in Italy. You've got a very wobbly Deutsche Bank. I can't speak to the health of the French banks, but I suspect being as intertwined as they are with the rest of Europe, setting off a bank run is just about the last thing that Mr. Globaloni wants to hear, all right? And it could trigger some very harsh crackdowns. So bear in mind, this is what Emmanuel Macron is facing in France. And, you know, this guy is so incompetent, folks. Uh, this is the president of France that recently came out and said there's no such thing as French culture, and this kind of patriot, this kind of nationalism isn't patriotic. And this, he says, <laughs> at the memorial for the Battle of Verdun, you know, and and tried to spin that whole battle as as a fight for globalism, and not for France. <laughs> okay, so. Gosh, you, you just got to wonder at the sanity of these people. All right, next article. This one is from um, RT. Uh, I put another article up there uh, kind of in, in the same vein from, uh, I believe, the UK uh, Daily Mail. But this article is from RT, and this is now about the alternative for Deutschland, the AFD or IFD as they call it in German. Uh, party in Germany, which recently had one of its headquarters bombed in Saxony. Um, you know, and folks, I'll be honest, uh, it, it, the moment I read that story, I thought, ah, Mr. Globaloni is striking back. He's planting bombs <laughs> in the in the party headquarters of, of people he doesn't like. And it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these people are now getting kind of desperate. But anyway, this article is from RT, and this is very, very interesting. The AFD party is now uh, upping the language quite a bit. And, and remember, you've already got some, some very powerful statements coming out of Italy, and the AFD is picking up and beginning to sing the same tune. Here it, here it goes. This was published the 4th of January. Uh, Quote, Germany's major right-wing party, the AFD, threatens to push for a so-called Dexit if the EU doesn't restore its members' national sovereignty and takes no action, listen to this, restore national sovereignty, number one, and takes no action against the Islamicization of Europe within the next five years. So in other words, sovereignty and culture, folks, that's what it's about. And I suspect you scratch and sniff long enough behind the yellow vest protests in France. That's also what you're going to hear. It's about sovereignty and culture. Continuing, quote, the European community has evolved into an undemocratic structure. Well, no, duh. It didn't evolve into this structure. That was the plan from the beginning, as I pointed out in my book, The Third Way. But anyway, has evolved into an undemocratic structure that's been occupied by Europe's political classes and designed by non-transparent, uncontrolled bureaucracies. That's true, but again, that was the plan from the beginning. The Alternative for Germany party claims in the latest edition of their election program unveiled ahead of the 2019 polls. Remember, these elections are for the European Parliament. That's what they're talking about. Habitually slamming the EU for being too bossy and interfering, the AFD said the bloc is being dominated by, quote, particular interests of certain states and lobby cliques, unquote. 
Therefore, there's a need to completely rebuild the alliance by 2024. In other words, now we're getting to the real agenda. Restructure the AU. And that's what I've been arguing all along, what all of this refugee immigration and stuff may have been about, to create a crisis, create a backlash, and then proffer the solution, which would be a restructuring, a restructuring of the European Union. So the AFD is saying Dexit, uh, protect the culture, or restructure the EU. And this, I think, folks, this is my speculation of the day with all of these articles. This, I think, now is going to be uh, become the, the game, all right? And it's a dangerous game because, remember, Mr. Globaloni is still sitting at the table. Continuing, if the reforms aren't implemented or fail to work properly within those five years, quote, we deem necessary to consider a withdrawal of Germany from the EU or an orderly dissolution of the European Union and the establishment of, here it comes again, a new European economic and interest community, unquote. All right. And then towards the very bottom, quote, apart from lambasting the EU bureaucracy, the AFD devoted a sizable part of its paper to immigration and the perceived, note that correction, Islamicization of Europe. Besides common demands to shut the EU's borders to migrant arrivals and introduce a far more stringent refugee policy, the program teaches a sort of theology lesson, proclaiming that Islam is, quote, the enemy of Europe. Islam, still quoting from the paper, Islam does not separate state from religion and therefore is also a political ideology, unquote, it says, suggesting that numerous Koran verses, quote, demand to fight against the non-Muslims up to the killing of other faithful, unquote. So in other words, again, folks, it's about sovereignty, politics, and restructuring the EU. So I think in, in a certain sense, I've been, I've been toying with this hypothesis for many years, going all the way back uh, to interviews uh, with my friend, the, the late George Ann Hughes. Uh-oh, dog is barking. Shiloh, <laughs> the late George Ann Hughes, that maybe all of these protests, Shiloh, sorry, folks, <laughs> that's what you get with dogs. But these protests may have been deliberately being driven by this deliberate policy of introducing refugees and immigrants into Europe precisely in order to create this kind of backlash. And my reasoning was that Europe as a structure, the European Union as a structure, had no consciousness about a European culture. It was French culture, German culture, Italian, Spanish, Dutch, and so on, okay, and Hungarian. We've seen Mr. Orban talking about this. You'll note in the alternative for Deutschland's response to all of this, they are talking not about German culture, but Europe, and they're juxtaposing it in opposition to Islam, okay? So in other words, I think we're beginning to see now the clues that perhaps that scenario, that, that guess may have been correct all along. Now, um, the problem here is that if things continue as they are, the European Union will fall apart. You can't have a European Union, really, without Germany. And by the same token, you can't have a European Union without France or Italy, 
So you need you need the big European powers in there if this whole thing is going to work. Otherwise, it's just uh, a will of the wisp. Now, there's an interesting article that I'm also linking here uh, for you, uh, published December 21st last year. Uh, it's an article by Mark Leonard. I want to read a few paragraphs. Is the article is titled "The Coming Franco-German Bust-Up," and I'm going to read about uh, three or four paragraphs here. Quote. The politics of Brexit is descending into chaos. The European Union is fragmenting into northern, southern, eastern, and western tribes. And now the Franco-German marriage at the center of the European project is in danger of falling apart. As both leaders' political stars have waned, so too have the prospects for a renewed Franco-German relationship. Just when Macron was placing his hopes in Merkel's power to lead at the European level, her grip on domestic power was slipping. After the German federal election in September 2017, Merkel struggled for six months to form a government. She did not want to form a minority government, and the remaining opposition parties didn't particularly want to govern with her. Again, simple reason, her policies on immigration, and they were coming out of Berlin, folks, were, were basically... Uh, driving the crisis, uh, creating the crisis. Macron, meanwhile, has sought to make French renewal synonymous with European renewal. Since coming to power, he has pursued a new grand bargain with Germany. In exchange for France finally getting a grip on its finances and reforming its public sector and labor market, Germany would back Macron's proposals to deepen EU and Eurozone integration, including a joint Eurozone budget, an EU finance ministry, and more unified foreign and defense policies. In response, Germany has offered Macron essentially nothing. And again, that tells you who's really in the driver's seat uh, all along. It has dragged its feet on completing a banking union and introducing Eurozone investment bonds and has paid only lip service to the idea of a joint budget. Even on defense policy, which could serve as a stand-in for meaningful economic reforms, Germany has put up resistance, watering down EU proposals for an avant-garde grouping and balking at Macron's proposed European intervention initiative. Moreover, there is speculation that the Bundeswehr, that's the German military, will replace its outdated tornado fighter planes with American F-35s instead of a European-made equivalent, with the German Air Force already indicating that the F-35 is its preferred choice. Airbus CEO Dirk Hoke recently warned that as soon as Germany becomes an F-35 nation, all cooperation with France on combat jet issues will die. So in other words, we're watching the fragmentation of the European Union right as we speak for a variety of reasons, ultimately most of them coming down to the cultural issue, all right? Continuing and concluding here with one final paragraph, France and Germany are falling out just when anti-European forces are coming together. With an eye toward the European Parliament election in May, Orban and Salvini are already actively working to create a populist federation that includes both the anti-austerity left and the anti-immigrant right. Their goal is to capture at least a third of parliamentary seats 
as well as a blocking minority on the European Council. And my, my prediction is that they are either going to do that or they're going to come very, very close. And in either case, you're going to see a much uh, noisier European Parliament. If you think that Marine Le Pen and Nigel Farage were the only entertaining people to watch <laughs> the European Parliament. Just wait, folks. It's going, I think it's going to become a, a, a much more entertaining show as far as that goes. But the bottom line here is, folks, if you listen to the rhetoric in these articles, I suspect that you're, you're hearing now the beginnings of something that I've been suspecting all along was going to happen. And that is, in order to save the European Union project, number one, they're going to have to restructure it completely. Number two, they're going to have to maintain national sovereignty. And number three, they're going to have to pay attention to their culture. And that's the real issue here. And we may be watching the, the confirmation of that uh, suspicion that I began to have many years ago when all of this first started percolating and we began to see uh, the beginnings of that refugee crisis and the, the so-called populist backlash. Uh, I, think, I think what you're seeing is, um, to put it in a nutshell, you're seeing the end of the technocrat, the, the Emmanuel Macron type of technocrat, the Angela Merkel type of technocrat, who cares nothing about the national culture or even regional culture of their voters because that sort of technocracy that ignores the culture simply is not going to work, and especially in Europe. Shiloh, <laughs> my pooch is barking at something out there. So anyway, that's the news and views for today. Don't forget tomorrow we have a members vid chat. It'll start at 2 in the afternoon U.S. Central Time. Uh, it, I'll be in there early, as I usually am. There's a chance that I might start the actual chat early. Uh, I've got a very busy weekend coming up, so um, I might start it maybe half an hour early. So don't forget the vid chat tomorrow. I hope to see everybody. Watch this story, the Yellow Vest protests. As you know, they've spread from uh, Europe, throughout Europe and even to Taiwan. <laughs> so... So something's going on. There's there's big pushback against Mr. Globaloni's technocrats. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, globalism can't work because it's a it's a cultural disaster, and we're seeing it play out in Europe. So we'll see how the Europeans handle this. We'll see how the AFD handles this. We'll see how uh, Salvini and Orban handle this. But my prediction is that you're going to see a much stronger block in the European Parliament as a result of this, a very weak Emmanuel Macron, a very weak Angela Merkel, and now already talks of uh, talks of a Dexit. So, uh, Mr. Globaloni, it's time to change your playbook if you want to save your project. That's it for today's news and views, folks. Vid chat tomorrow. Bye-bye. We'll see you on the flip side.